Love Life, featuring your hosts, Rebecca Detman and Jane Donovan. The sun shines bright as it moves across my face. I feel the light. As I dream, I create. As I action, I create. As I love, I create. And so it is. And so it is that we are here on the couch for 2016. Welcome to Love Life January. I'm Rebecca Dentman. I'm Jane Donovan. And we have a really great show idea to kick off the new year. In line with the whole resolution thing, which, you know, we're not huge fans of in the traditional sense. But look, it is a time that is undeniably, for some strange reason... The time that we do feel compelled to kickstart new ideas, new projects, new impulses of things that have been brewing for ages, kicking around at the back of our mind, and we think, I really should do that. And for whatever reason, January is the month that we all start to do it. Now, that could be exercise, it could be more green smoothies, it could be more sex with your husband, whatever it is. Today, we want to talk about business, because so many of you are on the tipping point of either really beginning to discover your soul purpose, your life purpose, why you're here to help others to implement things for change, for humanitarianism, for spirituality, for healing and wellness. And many of you have been beginning to start blogs, coaching, counseling, other sorts of fitness and holistic type practitioner techniques with your own clients. Some of you have not begun at all, and others of you are at different stages of that journey. Well, you're in luck today because we're going to put you in the hands of Jane, who we've danced around this in 150 episodes of Jane's incredible 31 years of expertise. But Jane has launched in her time from scratch how many businesses? 11. 11 businesses. The woman has acumen. (laughs) The woman has knowledge about successfully running from the smallest to very, very large, very large multinational, you know, both of us have been in, played in that circus, but also down from the ground level up, business knowledge, which you are so lucky to get today for free because Jane herself over the years has spent tens of thousands of dollars in her own business, like to, to receive business coaching. So you are going to get some gold information today. And on that note, I'm going to throw it straight to Jane and she's going to take you into her hands and begin. Oh my God, no pressure. Wow. What an intro. Thanks, Bear. Oh, no worries, Jane. Look, I think the thing that's unique about what I do is that I start businesses that are hobbies first. And that's what I'm passionate about. It's passionate about helping people to derive an income from what it is they love doing that they're happy to do for free. And so many of our beautiful Love Life listeners are at that point. In fact, I've had a couple of them email me in the last week asking for coaching on these, on helping them to get across the line in jumping and starting their businesses, which is why I thought, look, maybe it's time to do a podcast on this. Um, Chances are that you know what it is that you want to do and chances are that you're feeling a whole lot of fear around it. And the biggest mistake that I think people make is the first mistake they make is in buying into the fear of the what-if game. What if it doesn't work? So what? You're not going to spend much money on a startup hobby that you're transitioning from hobby to income. You're not going to be spending much money on it. I'm the queen of every one of these 11 businesses has been started up with zero capital. I think the most capital I ever spent was $1,000. And I find that gets rid of the fear about the money side of things. Mm. What I want from people is the commitment of their time. And that means that you're at a dead-end, boring job that you go to every day that you absolutely hate. Excellent. Because that fuels you 
to be working harder on, on your passion to turn it into an income. So when you're in the dead-end job and it's lunchtime, you sit there and you start thinking about what it is you could be creating within this business. What is it that you can be doing today to be moving towards opening the doors for business? What can you be Googling and researching? Who can you be talking to? What phone calls can you be making in your lunch break? And then the second that it hits knockoff time for you, you're straight back into your business mode of your new business. So it's an exciting time. So you need to be committed to the time that you're going to spend. And for those of you that go, I haven't got much time, you've got plenty of thinking time. There's plenty of thinking time. And the actual action doesn't take as much time as the thinking time, as the processing. You've got processing time in the car. You've got processing time when you're doing the washing. If you're looking after children, there are a lot of everyday duties that you do in the care of your children that's actually mind-numbing, that you actually have thought process time. So you've got plenty of time. Can I say one thing first? Say whatever Jane's you want. got so much to say, and this is the only thing I've got to offer the whole episode. That's so not true. <laughs> Since when has that ever happened? Be- just while we start at the very, very, very beginning, because I saw Oprah the other week in- here in Adelaide, and one of the things that she said when she talked about finding your purpose, because there'll be a lot of people listening who are like, I so do hate my job, Jane and Rebecca, and I so want to do something, but I don't know what my life purpose is, or I don't even know what that thing is that I am passionate about. I mean, I never believe it when people say, how? How can someone not know what they're passionate about? However, Oprah's answer to that was she said, and I love the way she worded this, all you have to do is investigate what makes you curious. Right. So if you can't even get to the passion point, I don't even know what it is I'm obsessed curious. with. Curious. Just follow those threads and strings that lead you on ta- like spins of curiosity. Yeah, what is it that you're Googling when you get on the internet and you keep following link after link after link? There's a passion. What is it that you want to know more about if you're at a dinner party and somebody says, I do this and instantly you're captivated? Tell me all about that. What what makes you curious? Follow that. I like that. that. They're the paths to the pots of gold. I've got another little tip for that one. Another one too is, um, I know, I just forgot it. Oh, that's good on me, isn't it? No, another one is... What is it that you want to fix or change? Oh, good one. These are good entry points to try and get your brain To get your passion. And the other thing I would say is, so when you were a kid and you used to play, what sorts of games did you play? And people might say, funny, I played stock market. (laughs) Business game, Monopoly. I made herbs and sold bunches of them. (laughs) Potpourri. But, you know, someone might say, well, well you know, I was a fireman but, or a ballerina, but that's unrealistic because that's not the job I want. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, but, why not? But, I had a job as a dancer. And Thanks, one of my best friends starts his first shift this week as a oh, fire. My example, but what I'm saying is, if you played something extraordinary as a kid, like you were always an astronaut, and you're like, Well, I can't be that. But the question would be, Yeah, but what were the emotions that you most enjoyed about that when you were play acting? Because it's actually the emotional experience that you're still craving and seeking as an adult. So, therefore, dance would be likely movement or creativity. Now, another one we I have talked about this in another podcast cast like oh, two years ago, and I have no idea what it's called, but the book is called The Passion Test which I really enjoyed reading. But there's one particular exercise, um, if you want to do it now before getting the book and then get the book to get greater detail in it, is you write a list of everything that brings you joy in life. It can be from a good cup of coffee to traveling, hanging out with your best friends. Uh, You might like writing. You might like um, cooking. It doesn't matter. Whatever it is, you write all the little things and the big things. I like getting a massage. I like talking to people. I like whatever, crocheting rugs. And then when you've got this list, you compare the top one with the second one. Which one makes you feel better? Which one are you most excited to be doing? If I said, right, you've got some free time, everything is taken care of. Which of these top two 
getting a really good cup of coffee or traveling which do you prefer i prefer travel okay so let's compare travel with the third one travel versus um sitting and getting a massage and you might whatever you travel is probably a bad one to have put in because it's something that everybody loves to do all the time but which is better and you keep comparing your number one with the next on the list till you'll start to get clarity around the things that bring you really great joy then you email me that list book in for a session with me and I'll help you create that into a business and I think the example that I got I gave once before was I did this exercise with a high-powered very successful lawyer in Sydney who was hating his work he was done dusted hated it I said what do you love doing I love riding bikes and I love hanging out with um, with his children and his children's friends and he likes teaching children and I said, all right, you're going to go and volunteer at the after-hours school care and you're going to see if they, those primary school children would like you to teach them to ride bikes because there are a lot of children who don't have parents that either have the means or the time or the money to, to be able to get the children to learn to ride bikes. So last I heard, he had turned that into a part-time business and he was very happy. So email me your things, book in for a session and I'll help see if we can turn it into an income for you. Um, so that's about getting to your passion. Now, when you've got your passion and you know what it is that you want to do, I started to touch on how you get stuck with your fears, usually around money. That's why I'm a fan of every business starting part-time, that you keep your income going with whatever it is you're doing now, and the second that you're out the door, you're into the energy of your new business and you're working on it. And then what happens, you actually find that the feelings around your current job actually dissipate the fact that you hate it and you start to become very grateful for that regular income because that regular income is what is providing you with the transition time to be able to be building up this part-time business and I know it sounds obvious but I don't want to just stumble over this this is the biggest most important thing is to not put the cart before the horse you want to be starting at part-time so that all of your fears can be alleviated so that your business is not rushed into that it is created energetically with your own expansion of self mm. because too often you can go into a business guns by blazing and you're actually not ready for it you're not ready for the success you're not ready for the chaos that it can create if it goes off overnight and you'll self-sabotage it and, and muck it all up so gently baby steps is my favorite way of going from from passion to, to business or to income and one of the things that I've learned over the years as well is just because you've got the best idea in the world and you're starting a business, it does not mean that within the next two weeks you need to have the live HTML, the Tumblr account and the matching Instagram, the barcodes purchased from the such and such, the whole stage show choreographed with the naming lights and the poster already designed and the whole team that's made the, the show reel and the video advertising it and the other person that you've already hired as an assistant to handle this and all the packaging and marketing. And, you actually, well, there goes 20 grand. You don't need to have everything to begin with see this is how I used to always start a business even if it was something as simple as an oil I'd be like okay I'm making an oil well I need to have the perfect packaging and then I need to have the perfect box and then I need to have the perfect website and I need to have the perfect pamphlet and I need to have the perfect business card and I need to have the perfect Instagram account so that it all goes together and actually what I've learned is no no you don't you need an oil 
and you need word of mouth and then you start with testing the market to see what people want next because maybe nobody wants a box and an Instagram account. Maybe everybody just wants one little online sale on Etsy and that's all that's going to work and just leave it at that. But you're not going to know that till you trial and test it and let the market lead you to some extent. Stay intuitive but let the market lead you so you don't rush out and make expensive decisions that nobody actually wants you know, imposed upon them too early in the day. Exactly. Market research is incredibly important. Tim Ferriss, anyone? Tim, Fer- His entire multi-million success has come from nothing but market research. He just tests keywords on people, combinations of sentences of ads on people. It's all he does. He just tests and tests and tests and tests till he gets the hit back, the kicks, and then he just builds businesses on those concepts. And if you know, want to know where your clients are going to come from, they're going to come from the people that have the same emotional story. So the person that buys the oil... You need to find out why did they buy that oil. There'll be a story. There'll be an emotional story behind it. You need to get into that emotional story. And then if they were an easy client, like they really liked it and they told 10 people and they went and bought another one a few months later and they're a real rock star, what you call your rock star client, then that's the profile that you need to be getting right into. You need to get right into the emotional story and that is your advertising through the emotional story and that is where you're going to go with your clients. That's where you're going to go to find those same clients. So an example for me was my rock star clients. I'll use Social 8. My rock star clients at Social 8 are people that are consciously aware that are wanting to uh, expand their social circles. They're wanting to date. They're wanting to fall in love. They recognize that everybody has something to contribute. They recognize that they learn from every social experience they have. Where did I find these people? Well, what I did was went to my database and had a look at how did these people hear about me? And I found that a lot of the rock star clients, not all of them, but a lot of them came from uh, my column that I used to write in a magazine called Inner Self. Inner Self is a beautiful spiritual publication here in Australia. So there was, there it was. So what did I do? Up my advertising in Inner Self, up my column, started really going for it and looking at other publications of similar content to get more of my rock star type clients. So that's just giving you an example of, of not trying to be all things to all people, but work out who is your niche market. What is their emotional problem that your product or service solves? What's the um, opposite end of the spectrum, Jane? What's a nightmare client and how do you handle them at this point as a businesswoman? If they, if they come to you and say, I've paid you money and I want to sign up with you, can you say no and say, I'm sorry, I'm not taking your money, you can't join my business? Absolutely, I do that every week. Absolutely. And I think people need to hear this. Absolutely. Just because somebody fronts up with money or, or wants to be part of what you actually, it's the same as your friends and you, you can choose. You can Absolutely. choose who you, choo- who, who you enable. And that was a really hard lesson for me to get. That took me probably 20 years to learn. And I was always, oh, no, you've got to say yes to everything because if I say no, I knew there were, particularly in the entertainment businesses I had, there were so many people waiting in the wings for me to either, you know, drop dead or completely fail because they desperately wanted my clients. And so I thought I had to say yes to every client because if I didn't, I was letting one of those other people in on a chance or that person would never come come back to me. So I absolutely, like, ran myself into the ground. Um, I just about probably did nearly kill myself on saying yes to everybody. Possibly sacrifice quality, like the quantity-quality argument. Like if you're spreading yourself too thin. Well, I had lots of staff and, mm. and no, that wasn't happening, but it was more that I would do jobs that I would lose money on um, because the clients were 
I, or I didn't cost them appropriately because the clients were high end. Mm. So you go one of two ways. If you've got a client that you don't really want, then you charge them heaps for it so at least you feel happy that you're receiving the money for it. And you charge a ridiculous amount of money so that they don't either they either take it seriously. Yeah, that's right. Or you know, they say see you later and you go, Yeah, good, fine. I didn't lose anything from that, yeah. <laughs> but I've actually never opted to go down that path because money can't buy me. What I've learned most through Social Eight, because that's that's really where I learned about my rights as a business owner. I actually have rights. And the other thing I want to share in here is that the business serves me. It's not the other way around. Now, I would say of my 11, I would say that seven of those businesses, the bit that I, I served the business. I was a slave to the business. And see the business as a separate entity. Don't see it as yourself. See it as something completely separate to you. It's its own consciousness. Yeah, it is, absolutely. And that kind of helps you to not take things so personally as well when you can see it as a separate entity. And you can even word things such as, well, you know, I totally understand where you're coming from and maybe I might even feel that way. However, as a business, we need to serve the majority of people and we can't serve everybody. So it kind of detaches you from from feeling like you personally are being the bad guy. But back to the clients that, um, you know, would come to me. What I started... Uh, was a pre-registration form where people had to actually apply to be considered. In a spiritual sense, Beck will probably talk about the law of scarcity. That probably kind of works, doesn't it? Oh, yeah, um, yeah. So that, but I wasn't, that wasn't my intent, but that was kind of a bonus that that happened. And so over the years, I learned to be able to work out what qualifying questions I need to ask to ensure that this is the type of person I want to be working with. Because when they do hand over money, I have huge amounts of integrity. I want to be knowing to the best of my ability, while not being able to give guarantees, I want to know to the best of my ability that I can service that client and provide them with the opportunities that they're wanting. So how did I work that out? Well, I looked at the clients that had not been happy with me and I derived a profile. And that's what I started looking for as not being suitable for me. So I made sure, I actually, there was a radio station I had a regular spot on every week. And I realized most of the clients that were not uh, really suited to my service were coming from that station. So I stopped it. You made an executive decision and you cut that out. And, you know, sort of some of this stuff is stuff that possibly comes in a little bit later when you've been running a business for a while because you do need natural confidence in what you're doing to be able to often say no you need to really own it that that personal power and connection and belief in what you're doing which which comes with repeated laid experience it comes with external validation it's hard to do on the first day when you're looking for clients you know what I'm talking about likely whatever it is you're doing you're wanting to earn money from you've been doing it for free anyway so if you're a great massage therapist I bet you've been giving your family and friends massages if you're if you're running meditation classes I bet you run your friends through some meditations you've actually already likely received validation and the chances are you've already had really good experiences that you could write a profile from those friends and family that you've already been helping what were the common denominators about these people that you like and likely you've probably also had a few hiccups where you might have been writing a meditation and there was some person in the room that was completely inappropriate what did you learn from that well I need to have a better introduction process of 
I need to be able to educate people in what I expect from their behaviour when they attend my meditation. Yeah, beautiful. I mean, you know, I, I've had someone book a psychic reading as in they've I've got their PayPal you know amount dumped into my email and I've just straight away refunded it straight back to them and said, I'm sorry, I'm not doing you because I knew that she was coming on a malicious agenda with me and I wasn't going to go sit in her energy. And you, you get to the point where you tighten up those protective business boundaries it's such an awesome feeling when you get to that point. I mean, I couldn't have done that years ago. No, neither could have I. One of my favourite lines now that I use this at least once a day is that I say to people, um, I really need you to fill in this pre-registration form and then I'm going to have a look at the database. If I take your money, I want to ensure that I can deliver the service that we're promising to you. And the next thing, I, I give them a little personal story and I say, I actually get stressed really quite easy and I like to sleep at night. I need my sleep. And the last thing I want to do is take your money, wake up at three in the morning, not be sleeping and stressed out because I haven't been able to help you. So I hope that you understand this isn't personal and I hope that you see it as a business that's got huge integrity. Now, is that the best way to get, tell somebody to, sorry, can't help you? I mean, that is truth speaking with clarity, firmness, kindness, calmness, and but, you know, honesty at, at the it's highest It's unshakable. Level. Nobody has anything to say to that except thank you. Yeah, and this is, this is why we want you to run your business the same way we want you to run your life. It, you've really got to speak your truth kindly, firmly, yeah. calmly, honestly, but speak your truth and, you, and it will empower you no exactly. end. Exactly. And if you're honest. having trouble with that, again... If you want to book in, what we can do is look at your emails, look at your systems, look at the way that you're, you're educating your clients on the code of conduct of the way you expect them to be conducted so that you've got this beautiful energy in this business that stays that way. Mm. And templates, you know, as much as I don't want to sound like a cookie cutter robot, it makes good sense for you not to be individually emailing every Tom, Dick and Harry that comes to you for your product. Have a beautifully worded template email or series of emails that you're happy with that just get dished out to the average person with all the Q&A that they need to know, all of the details, all of the price points, all of the appointment times or whatever it is, just have your templates running because you don't have time to sit there and answer 27 emails individually every single Well, I used to. Seven. Big yeah. mistake. I used to. Now I've got so many templates it's not funny, but they are all so beautiful. How did I write those? With love. With intention. I wrote them as though I was receiving it. How do I want to be spoken to? And I write things like, hi, gorgeous. And that's how I speak. Jane calls businessmen in suits, hey, beautiful, hey, gorgeous. I do, I do, absolutely. And you know what? Very, very few don't like it. You get the occasional one, but the vast majority love it because they also know it's my truth. I'm not sucking up and doing a, a sleazy sales job of put your foot in the door, I've got to sell you a vacuum cleaner. No, it's Jane vibration. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Um, there's so much on this topic that really this could be 100 episodes. Maybe we do need to split this into two because we haven't even looked at helping people to get into the real starting basis of what do I charge, what do I, you know, how do I get my first client, etc., etc. So let's stick on, and we've touched on the boundaries. We've kind of jumped a bit all over the place. I don't think it matters, Beck, does it? We're going to do this over two episodes, so so stick with us to get the whole lot, but we'll continue. We'll see out the last 10 minutes, Jane. What do you want to touch on for the rest of today? All right, I really want to look at the fear, the fear around what is stopping you. So I've talked about the baby steps. You, we've talked about the money that I'm the queen of. And $1,000, I'm telling you, my last business, here we go, the colouring in books, the Christmas card colouring in books, forgetting printing, the initial outlay was like $350, I think. And that was website, PayPal, 
emails, Facebook, Twitter, everything all set up, um, graphic artwork, uh, everything, the whole lot, ready to go to print. And so there are so many different ways that you can get things done. And it's not ripping people off. There's all sorts of different ways that you can do spec duels. You can, uh, I won't go into all the different examples, but I'm telling you, money is not a blockage unless you're wanting to have something that requires physical stuff. You know, I want to open a cafe. Well, that's going to require physical stuff that you've got to buy. Um, But if you want to open a cafe, I would say your smallest step is what's your specialty? What is it that you're great at? Well, I make the best protein, vegan protein balls that make everybody feel fabulous. Well, great. Why don't you just start with that one little product and get that out in the market and see how you go. And you can be making that in your own kitchen. Um, So looking at your fears around what will other people think? Well, it's none of their business and you only share it with the people that you know love you. You've got to hold your dreams close here. Now, I'm a fan of you telling the whole world what you're doing because it adds to your vibration, it adds to your belief in it. But at the same time, I'm not a fan of you telling people that are waiting to cut you down and put you in your place because who do you think you are? And I've had plenty of those over the years and I've learned to be very selective now that I don't actually tell quite a few people what I'm doing until it's done. And too late to have their negative, Annie. It's already happening. Most people who have their passion or their thing, which, as Jane keeps saying, they probably have been doing behind the scenes over the years for free anyway for a long time, probably since you're a kid you've done this one thing that you love. The thing that you love, there's no issue there. Usually you don't need any more talent or skills at all. It's actually fine. However, they'll believe they need more talents and skills. Yes, because the biggest blocks that you will actually have have nothing to do with you as the as that as the deliverer or the whatever of that the massage therapist or the it's not that it's your own fears and there's a story I want to tell until it really quick if I can girl came to me for a reading a few years ago she worked in you know cafes but she wanted to sing and I said I can see you really really going somewhere with this fast forward three years I'm at the festival center festival theater huge stage here in Adelaide um it's the cabaret festival Kate Sobrano's leading it. Kate Sobrano has befriended this girl. She comes on stage and she sings a song that was so incredible. Goosebumps went all over my entire body. She was insane. Didn't see her again. Two years later, she comes back for a reading. And she says, my career's at a standstill. It's stuck. I'm going to throw it all in. I said, whoa, 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 whoa. Just a minute. I saw you on stage two years ago. She goes, did you? I said, yeah, I saw you. You gave me goosebumps. What are you doing? She's like, oh, well, this and that, and I can't get an agent, and I, I've you know, gone overseas and tried, but nothing's working. I'm like, okay, guess what? You're one of the most powerful singers I've ever sat in the presence of. There's no issue with you except for your own demons. And we sat there for an hour and looked at every single fear she had. And they were like things that you could say, quote, unquote, were ridiculous. Oh, but my family, I can't leave them. Don't be bloody stupid. Your family, what, they want you to sit at home and rot for the next 50 years? Your family want this for you. You know, oh, but my husband, oh, but, you know, it was all of her inner child stuff. It was all of her younger girl who was too scared stuff. It was all of the people have already started to say to her, who do you think you are? She's attracting it because she doesn't believe in herself enough. So nothing wrong with the product, with the person, with the singer, everything wrong with her old, old cobwebby stuff that's just holding her back. So we're doing a couple of sessions of cleanup jobs on that for her. One of the things I said to her was, when you were standing on stage delivering that, what three emotions were in your body? And 
I think one of them she identified was, you know, the words like this kind of exciting, heart-pounding adrenaline. And it's that kind of amazing connection to divine source. It was like this yellow feeling she told me was in her body. And I said to her, are you singing very much at the moment? No. Have you kept up contact with Kate Sobrana? No. Have you followed up agents in New York? No. I said, are you even sitting down every single day and just connecting with that yellow feeling in your body? No. I said, you've got to fake it till you make it, girlfriend. Like, you need to actually be creating that vibration. Whether you're actually singing on stage or not, every single day you've got to tell your body and your mind that you're singing on stage because the mind knows no difference. The mind knows no difference. So you hold that yellow feeling for two minutes a day and guess what? You'll get a random phone call from Finland and you'll get a job. That's I want the update. The What's happened? It? Well, we've got to wait and see. This oh, is all we stay tuned. Stay tuned. You have to share when she next comes in for a reading. I will. Maybe we'll all be buying her uh, music, <laughs> downloading it off our She iTunes. put a private video on YouTube that she doesn't want anyone to see, and it's already got 1,200 looks. And um, they're just through friends showing friends, showing friends, showing friends. Showing. She, this woman's got power on her. Power is terrifying, both for her yeah. and for other people. And this is the thing about when you come into your passion, you are coming into your true power. And it's usually that, which is the first stumble block to most people because they can't handle the magnificence of it what is yeah. and in business when you start this way the small way that i'm suggesting you will only get the clients you can handle go and listen to our episode we recorded with the uh, the genius zone the oh, episode 100 yeah gay hendrix go the, and listen the, to that um the genius, though, isn't it? The he, no, he, that's one of his things. He talks about the, the giant leap. The giant leap is his book, and it's a beautiful, you know, complimentary episode to exactly what we're talking about on this point. And as you were talking about, this woman has got to be creating every day her yellow energy. That just ties in with our affirmation for this episode. As I dream, I create. As I action, I create. As I love, I create. And so it is. We have so much juicy stuff on this topic we haven't even touched on yet. So you're going to have to come back this time, same place, next week, and Jane is going to take you through some nuts and bolts of the physical startup tools, techniques, and tri- tricks that you're going to need to get your business happening in 2016. So join us back on the couch this time next week, and until then, have fun creating. Life is perfect, I'm not trying, it's just happening. It's a beautiful day.